Parsha's Emor, the blasphemer. So it's chapter 24 of Leviticus, verse 10. Emor, verse 24. Why do you want to read what? Rage Ben Yisraelis, Vahu Ben Ishmitri. Already there we see that the chapter is concerned about the half-breed. He's Ben Isha Yisraelis, for who Ben Ish Mitzri. doesn't tell us her name till later implying that my concern now is not what her name is and her lineage and the problems, but more what do I do when I have a half-breed in my community? You said her. Yes, he is the son of a Jewish woman and the son of a Mitzri man. He is the half-breed. Right, so what is the status in the Holiness Code of Ayikro? What is the status of the half-breed? In the Code of Hammurabi, 700 years before, <coughs> the notion of lex talionis, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth, which will follow right after this, is applied. But there, the law applies to different groups, whether you're a citizen or you're a stranger. So it seems, according to modern Bible scholars, that the function of the story of the blasphemer has less to do with what are you doing when you blaspheme God and more to do with the status of lex talionis which follows it and these laws which in other Canaanite civilizations preceding the Bible um, were applied differently to different people. Remember that the very holiness code itself is an expansion of what was originally the Levitical code, the code that only applies to the Levium, and now expands to apply to all Kalal Yisrael. So the question is, what do we do with the leaky edges, the border zones, those who are half-breeds? Vayikov, so what did he do? Generic, he started quarreling in the camp. Why doesn't the Bible tell us what he did? What was the reason? Now this half-breed starts arguing with a full-breed. Again, they're both anonymous because we're not interested in who they are. We're interested in the concept of what happens when a half-breed mixes with a full-breed. Think of the South. What's the justice that will be meted out in the South? And and we don't know the result of the argument, but presumably the the half-breed lost the argument. And so his revenge was, That was his action. Now his action is a very interesting action. There are two verbs used. One is Vayikov, and one is Vayikalel. You know what Vayikalel means. That means to curse. What does Vayikov mean? It seems that Vayikov comes from the word to pierce. 
In the Eilatrephus, the Gemara talks about what makes an animal treif. Well, if he has a disease that will not last a, a month or a year, whatever. Year. One of the diseases is krum hamoach, that there is a nekev, a piercing, in the membrane of the brain, the meninges of the brain. That piercing invalidates him as Vashkita because he is now a trefer. Why? The piercing itself <clears throat> well, now is not compatible with life. Mm-hmm. So Vayikov, something he pierces the name, the name. How does he do that? We don't know. Vayikalel, thereby blaspheming. Okay, so that's the act. Now the punishment. Vayavios el Moshe, they bring him to Moshe to decide what the punishment is. And now we are told, only now in this Shakespearean drama, shame Imo, the Jewish mother's name. We're not told the father's name, he's generic, he's not Jewish, so who cares? But the mother's name isn't just anybody. Shlomit, but Divri Lemateda. She is Shlomit, who's the daughter of Divri from the tribe of Dan. They put him in jail to find out what God will decide. And God says, What do we care what the mother's name is? Yeah, right, right. Take him out and stone him. That's it. That's the story. It's a very curt story, starting off with generic people, ending up with the name of the mother. Now, the metric. punishment without knowing what he did. <laughs> right. Now look at the Medrash in Vayikra Rabba. The shame emo shlomis bas divri The Medrash comes in always when there is a... Um, when there is a gap in the text, a gap of understanding. But this text is hugely gapful. So they, the Medrash comes in and says, well, let's speculate as to the name. Maybe the name will tell us what was going on. Dorshu Rabbaseinu Shmo, our rabbis explained her name, Shlomit. The Omar Rabbi Levi, two things. The Havi Patata, she was a patpanit, chatterbox. And But in a nice way, Bishloma, she's always asking, How are you doing? How's your father? Did your mother get better? Hello, what happened? Shlomloch, how are you? Shlomlochol, shalom lochem. So that's the first thing. She crossed boundaries. You don't go as a woman in the marketplace going to every guy and say, how are you? How is your mother? You're opening yourself up to other people crossing your boundaries. Bas Divri, Omarabi Yitzchak, Shehevi Dever Albana. What is Divri? the daughter of Divri, not that her father's name was Divri, but that she was the but, meaning she owned the result of her behavior was that her son would die of a plague. Dever is one of the plagues. Why? Because he was stoned. This is the result of your behavior. It comes through the generations and your son will be killed because of your patpaniot. Dovacha Shlomis. The opposite. This is the beauty of Midrash. It allows for competing and opposite claims. Shlomit means don't you criticize her. Shlema mikolmum. She was guiltless from any flaws. But Divri, what was the problem? 
but divri comes from the word daber. She was a dabranit. She was a chatterbox. And because she was such a chatterbox, a mitzri saw her on the streets and began to desire her. Because she was texting on Facebook the whole bloody day. Well, then someone started to stalk her. And who is the mitzri? So it says, Vayetze Ish Mitzri. Now we had that back in Shmos. Yes, Moshe was Ish Mitzri, but Moshe went out and saw an Ish Mitzri hitting a Jew. Now let's tell the story. What's the backstory to that? Moshe was also Ish Mitzri, right? What? Wasn't Moshe also Ish Mitzri? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't the, I think there was a. It says because he was adopted by Vas Perro that the, the Mazel didn't really know what, what he was. Right. Because, right. because he took on the characteristics of, of the Mitzri because of the adoption. Right. Now Rashi says, adds, V'shem imo shlomis basdivri shebachen shel Yisrael. This is a praise to Israel. Shev pirsama hakatuv lazu. That the... That the Posuk is open about publicizing the whole affair. That only she was a harlot. No one else in Klal Yisrael. So that's like, on the one hand, she's a hooker. On the other hand, Rashi's saying that she's the only one. In other words, she's not just an Israelite woman, um, but she was an Israelite woman who was singular and distinguished from other women because they didn't share her bad character. Now, what's the backstory? What is the backstory? Vayetze binisho Yisraeli minayin yotso. So the Sifra says, where did he go out? Mi beit dino shel Moshe. What do you mean he went out? Went out from where? Vayetze. He he just came out of court. Shebo lita aholo betoch matnidon. It says. It says that she was Shlomit Badibri Le Mate Don. Why do we have to care where she's from? He was pitching his tent in the Mate Don. Mm-hmm. He goes up and says, I'm one of you guys. My mother's from the Shlomis Bastani. He says, no, you're right, you're Jewish, because your mother was Jewish. But you're wrong. When it comes to the Degel, the ownership of land, that's patrilineage. Aldiglo beosos leves avosom yitnu bnei Yisrael. Nichnas the base dino shemo. So he says, I'm going. I'm suing you. I'm taking you to court. The yotzer mechuyav. So he came out and she said, What do you want from me? That's the law. And he came out and he was such a rage. That's when Vayagadev he reviled God and cursed him. So according to this interpretation, pierced. Yeah. According to this interpretation, Magada for Makar. Uh, the son of the Israelite woman considers himself part of the tribe of Don. Remember, we're talking about the half-castes here. How do you deal with the half-castes? And he well, wait, pitches wait, how, his... How did he become part of the tribe of Don? Through his mother? No. Well, he thought he could. Well, his father's not a part of any exactly. tribe. Exactly. So he pitches his tent. Right. In doing so, he lands himself in a fight with the purebloods. Mm. It's the purebloods versus the half-blood Israelites mm. who dispute his right to a tribal portion, which is patrilineal, not matrilineal. And Moses rules against this half-Israelite, who then goes out and curses. So do you see how we've expanded through Midrash 
from the word Vallese and Le Mate Don, we've expanded the backstory. Well, remember the daughters of Tzlovchod. Right. You know. So how is it possible that Shlomit Badivri went so wrong? That's the question here. The backstory is what happened. Building on the rabbi's desire for a credible backstory, we read that she was a struggling ex-slave and single mother. Why? Because what happened was in Shmos, we're told that when he killed that Mitzri. Who was that Mitzri? When Moshe killed the Mitzri. Yeah. The Mitzri was in love with Shlomit. Do you think he was the father? So he <laughs> sent the husband to the salt mines or the pyramids mm-hmm. to do hard labor. And he went in and had sex with her. And this man is the result mm-hmm. of that union. Mm-hmm. So he's a half-breed, not only because he's the son of the Ishmitsri, he's son of the Ishmitsri that Moshe killed when he saw him hacking, hucking away at the husband. Mm-hmm. So the interesting story here is that the son of this half-breed is not just a half-breed from anything. He's a half-breed from the backstory that goes back to Moshe, who's the Ish-Mitzri, who kills the Ish-Mitzri, and now he's the Ben-Mitzri. The irony is Shakespearean. And she gets a bad... She gets a bad... um, um, She gets a bad rap. And there are some feminists who try to rehabilitate her because never, she's the victim here. She right. gets raped by right. the guy. Right. Well, the rabbis say she got raped because she brought it on herself. She's a divranit. That's what, yeah. they say. That's what they say in American college campuses That's too. What, right, they exactly. <laughs> you brought it on yourself. <laughs> right. So I want to just focus on the theological aspect, meaning what kind of Trump gets so riled by Stephen Colbert on late night TV that he will tweet about some stupid comedian because he's making fun of him. What kind of a man does that? Only someone who has a very short fuse and a very huge ego and is very insecure. But the implication here is that anyone who curses God is the master of the universe. One mortal human being who's a half-breed can trigger the rage of the divine. What's going on here? Hmm. You're saying that God is Trumpian? The implication is we can't say that, so we have to find a different different interpretation. And it comes back to the word vayiko, to pierce. What does it mean to pierce the shame? And I wanted to suggest that if you look at Amalek, what is his problem? He says, I want you every year to be Timche Zeche Amalek. I want you to forget the memory of by remembering. I want you to remember to forget to remember so that you can forget to remember and then you can blot it out. Doesn't make sense, does it? Because he says, he calls man as long as Amalek is in the world, lo Hashem Shalem meaning the shame is not whole and his throne is not whole as long as he's around as long as he's around why? because he's splitting the name it says ko ko is yudhe 
He should have said Kiyodal case, UK Vov case. No, he split the divine from the UK and the Vov case. He split it. As long as he's around, the world can't be right, put right, because he keeps God split. He's the splitter. The dark forces of the universe maintain the split between Yudke, which is the transcendent divine, and Vovke, which is the imminent divine. Today's Lagba Oymed, where it's all about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who revealed the Yudke in the Vovke. But he keeps that split around. Obazoi, I'd like to suggest, Vayiko Ben Oishai, wasn't just some half breed coming to curse God. Hey, God, you're, you're crazy. You're you know, Vayigada if you revile me. That's Trumpian, you're right. What he done actually was a mythical thing. He, by saying Vayikov Esashe, he pierces the name and splits it. What you're doing is actually causing a fracture within the divine. By doing what? By saying God is up there, we're down here. You stay up there, we'll stay down here. We're theists, but we're not pantheists, right? That kind of splitting um, is what is the Makalel. The Vov of Vayakal for me is thereby. He pierced the name thereby blasphemy. The blasphemy in itself is nothing. God can handle that. He's not Trump. Right? But the splitting thereby blaspheming is what actually is the damage here. It's Amaleki in nature because as long as we live our lives as if He's up there. Give render unto Caesar. The New Testament says, "What is Caesar's?" Right? Give him, buy him off, take care of him, and then you get on with your life. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And I think that that's the message of Lagba Omer as well. That is, today is the Rosh Hashanah of Torah Sanigler, of Nister. So the Torah of Nigler, everyone goes to shul and fasts and does everything. Yomim Noroim. But the Torah of Nister is hidden. It's a bonfire, nobody knows, and yet today marks the Hilula of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Why do we celebrate? When Moshe died, we cried, because Moshe didn't get into the land of Israel. He was crying. God was crying in the last Medrash, in the very last Pasuk of the Bible. God pulls him and sucks his out neshama with a misas neshika with the kiss of death and God starts to cry. It's a day of mourning. Moshe never fulfilled his destiny. When Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai dies, the Zoya says there is rejoicing in heaven. There's rejoicing on earth. Why? Because the Hilula of the Tzaddik, the anniversary of the death, is the anniversary of this greatest joy and the greatest joy is that he is bringing back the Yudke with the Vovke. He's being mashlim the transcendent with the imminent. He is showing us the Torahs of Nista, that within the Nigla there is a secret Torah of Nista, which is the Torah of the Mashiach. Addendum to the Shia. On the yard site of Lagba Omer, it is fitting to quote the Arizal, who interprets the blasphemer more alike to not of an Aviu, whose outburst of love for the divine caused their death because they broke boundaries, rather than the Amalek who split the divine, the, the blasphemer, his issue was breaking boundaries. 
Vayikov then means he pierced. He pierced the veils between Yudke Vovke, between the four letters of God's name, between the boundaries between Atsilas, Bria, Yetzira, and Asira. The four worlds that connect the transcendent divine, the Yudhe, to the Vovhe, the immanent divine. By piercing that, he forced down a huge amount of Shefa, of divine influx, and that breaking of the boundary was inappropriate, according to the Arizal. It's almost like someone who is high on LSD or heroin and who experiences the divine but lays around as a result of it a hurban a total destruction of the self, of the body, and of the family around him. It's this kind of boundary breaking that is the opposite of Amalek. It is one that desires to pierce the veil between the divine and the human realm, and at the same time causes a desolation and destruction. And therefore the Ari's interpretation of the blasphemer is more in line with not of an avio than with Amalek.